competing at a combined weight of 405 pounds. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown champions of the world, the Magic. Hi, buddy. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. <laughs> and I'm Mike. Not the this is the Magic Mike Show. <laughs> Episode 453, Mr. Summit. <laughs> you'd think you'd have it down by now. 453 of these. The problem is I'm trying to run this from two computers, and I was like, you know what? I'll produce the show on the smaller one. Totally forgot to throw ourselves back into this screen once we went. Uh, got going here. Hey, Shotty, how you doing? Your ears, uh, sorry about that. Yeah, we probably scared you a little bit there. Hey, welcome to the Magic Mike Show. We are live uh, a little early today, 11 a.m. Pacific. As you can see, Mike Samich's background, a little different looking. It looks like you're in a hotel, possibly in uh, Las Vegas. Possibly in Las Vegas. Might have Vegas voice right now, where it just the, the alcohol plus the drying out kind of combines and your voice starts to go a little bit. But here we are, baby, ready to rock and roll and talk about some horses, man. Uh, you were just telling me off air you had a really awesome time playing craps. You got to meet the UAB, uh, Alabama, Birmingham men's basketball team because the NIT is in Las Vegas. So uh, you're having a great time. And you're, I mean, the reason we're doing this show early, you've got another show to do, Mr. Popular VSIN guy, Mike Stomach, giving out all sorts of big winners on VSIN. Yeah, got to head over uh, to South Point. Going to be on Sharp Money here from 1 to 145. So looking forward to, to knocking that out, talking a little bit uh, NLB, MLB Central division odds. Going to give out some hockey plays. So looking forward to getting over there and do that as well. It's a busy day, man. Can't stop, won't stop. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, there's lots of issues. Lots of technical issues happening. Hey, the audio sounds way better. <laughs> now it's I'd love, to, uh, I'd love to blame it on you being in Las Vegas, but uh, yeah, that's not the case. It's it's all on my end here. So yeah, <laughs> we're going to roll Magic Mike Show, even though you're in Las Vegas. Uh, what can we do, man? What can we do? Listen, we got a big show. We've got eight races to talk about, four derby preps, three Oaks preps, and a special one, not quite an Oaks prep, but still a Philly that was super impressive on Sunday that we're going to talk about. Let's get into it, buddy. Now that we've got all the technical issues worked out, rise up! You're, uh, we start calling you Big Money Mike. It's, I think we need to wait till Mike Smith officially retires from racing. The second he does, you're going to be uh, Big Money Mike. Uh, we went to the WonderCon yesterday. It's kind of like Comic-Con, but a much smaller version in Anaheim. And uh, we brought our son and, and, and our friend Matt. And our son kept calling him Money Matty the whole time. <laughs> so yes. he's got his own nickname. You've got Big Money Mike waiting in the wings here. We've got the UAE Derby first up to talk about here. Uh, let's go ahead and hit play on this one, Mike. Um, Derma Sotogaki, the Japanese invasion, is it's still in full force. We, we first, you know, were really brought aware of this at the Breeders' Cup a couple of years ago. The Japanese went one, two, three, four in this race. Derma Sotogaki getting the win um, on the front end here. Talk me through what did you think about this race and his effort? Look, this race doesn't usually produce anything in the Kentucky Derby except for horses that mess it up, right? I mean, that's what we've traditionally seen come out of come out of this race, but. Derma Sotogake is going to be one of those horses you're going to hear a ton about coming up to the Derby. You mentioned how well Japan has done on the national stage over the last couple of years. Shout out to my boy Sunday Silence, who absolutely 
absolutely bred that country into horse racing uh, importance here. They're good. They're here to stay. They will win a Kentucky Derby. Not so sure it's going to be this year, but they will win one eventually. I thought this performance was actually really impressive. I mean, this track favors speed. So you want to be toward the front end. He was. He went gate to wire. But what he did in the lane is what I thought was so impressive here. As he just looks powerful down the lane, doesn't really get asked that much, able to open up on this group. Not a bunch of world beaters here, right? But this <laughs> is the year in the Derby. There aren't a bunch of world beaters. There's one. And then there's everybody else. And so if, if you could see something crazy happen with one of these horses, this is a year where I wouldn't be shocked if someone goes to the front and makes it really difficult to win the race. And Derma Sotagake has to be one of those horses you're thinking about at this point. A very impressive and good timing. Right now we're watching live right here the uh, the stretch run. Uh, just he right there. That's the first hit. We're 240 meters from home. He gives him another crack just to make sure, and he extends. A very impressive effort. Nothing wrong with this effort. Uh, the horse is by Mind Your Biscuits, uh, who was a champion's uh, sprint, won the Golden Shaheen twice in Dubai. So it's nice to see his progeny are picking up where he left off at Dubai. But uh, Mike, I don't want to sound pessimistic here. The top but. three horses were first, <laughs> second, third, every step of the way, aside from when Wooster decided to show up and try for a half a second. That was it. Like mm -hmm. you, Cairo was the only horse that was in the top four that faded. And it, clearly, I think it was just he didn't like maybe he didn't like the kickback. He definitely wasn't handling the dirt surface. So, you, you know, you throw out Cairo, you've got the Japanese horses going one, two, three. And from an American standpoint, we really didn't send anybody like Doug O'Neill had a couple horses that have been based here all winter um bob baffer sent wooster out there or yeah i don't even know who he's with it doesn't matter uh, aside from that that was it you didn't have any kind of american presence here and so it's hard for me when you combine that with the fact that they went one two three start to finish i can't get too excited about this group of japanese horses coming to the kentucky derby but you bring up a great point japanese horses like last year crown pride completely screwed up the pace uh scenario uh that we usually see in the derby derma sodagaki maybe he does the same thing we're going to have the top three finishers from this race in the Kentucky Derby because the top two, uh, Derma Sotogaki and Dura Erede, and I don't know how to say that one, they both qualify on points. Continue are, he's got 30 points, but he also has 30 points from Japan. And since the top two horses from Japan are using the American road, he becomes the top Japanese horse. So you're going to see these three forces right here, one, two, three, they're all going to be at Churchill Downs um, for the Kentucky Derby. Ugh. Oh, can we can we please like I miss Lonnie. Lonnie was a great Japanese horse. Bring back Lonnie. <laughs> well, the, the nice part is at least we don't have a sprinter in this group. Last year there was a sprinter that caused a lot of issues. We don't have any of those. These are all horses that want to go a distance of ground. They didn't go crazy fast in this race, so I don't think that you're going to see the same uh, injection of pace that we saw from the Japanese horses in last year's Kentucky Derby and this year's Kentucky Derby. This is the most legit Japanese horse we've had. I am really interested from a betting perspective to know what he's going to go off at on the Derby because what nine to one, 10 to one, somewhere in that range. I, I wouldn't be oh. shocked if it's single digits here. And again, I think this horse has a, I'm not going to say realistic chance, but an outside shot of making some noise, but it's going to be a wild underlay on Kentucky Derby day. I'm with you. I, I don't want anything to do with this horse. I'll let him beat me. Uh, but, you know, aside from the fact that Mind Your Biscuits, the, the sprinter, is his sire here, um, you know, he does have Sunday Silence on the damn side. The damn grand damn sire? The damn sire's sire is Sunday Silence. So you still have uh, that going in there. Chris uh, was a strong stallion overseas as well. So he's uh, involved in that pedigree. 
the distance is there. Clearly, he could handle it. I just, yeah, I don't want anything to do with the, any of these Japanese horses. I'm excited that we're getting at least three of them uh, to come over because, like you said, they're going to take money. There's there's a huge international interest in this race when the Japanese come in, so that's always good for the sport. Um, and Shadi brings up, I completely forgot, Mandarin Hero. If Mandarin Hero gets second in the San Nita Derby, there's four Japanese horses that we're having in the Kentucky Derby. So uh, definitely an exciting race, uh, exciting scenario. But we're going to both pass on Derma Sogaki for the Derby. Not sure you're going to pass on this horse, though. Let's talk about the Louisiana Derby where you see, well, all right, a couple <laughs> horses trying to get off to really fast starts. A little early. Uh, Jace's Road and uh, I forget who the seven was. Oh, um, Cagliostro for Cherie DeVoe. Uh, they both were a little screwy in the gate there. Didn't matter. Kings Barnes got the win gate to wire. What do you think about this race? I hated it. I hated every <laughs> step of it because it didn't tell us anything. Like, I, I'm not, I wasn't high on Kings Barn going into this. I don't know how you can point to this race and be like, oh, there's your derby winner, right? Because they went, if you compare the Phillies to the boys in the pace in those two races, I, it is night and day. They walked in this race. And when you had them, like, I think it was about middle of the backstretch, if Kingsbarn didn't win, it would have been awful because of how slow they went early. Uh, they went, I think it was 114, almost 115 to six yep. furlongs. Like, it, on the other side, the Phillies were go, went, they went sub 24, 48. And, and here you saw, I think it was 25, 50. Like, it just really slow early fractions here made it impossible for anyone to close from the back. I thought this arm actually ran pretty well being tucked up on the rail and making some progress late. But I didn't learn anything in this race, and that was the biggest frustration for me, is that I, I don't know how good Kings Barn is. I don't know if it was just instant coffee was screwed by the pace here, and that's why he didn't run very well. I, I didn't find anything out about Disarm and whether or not that's a legitimate contender or not. So for me, this race is really frustrating because I wanted to exit this race having a solid opinion on four horses in here, and to me, it just muddied the waters. Yeah, and, and it started from the I'll, – I'll rewind here the replay a little bit just to where the actual break was – um, watch the six horse and watch Flavian Pratt. He's constantly looking for the 11 Jace's road in Florent Giroux. And he's not pushing the horse. He's looking, looking. Yeah, hey, are you coming? No, not inside, not outside. Nobody. Okay. I'll just inherit the lead. I thought it was a nice effort from Kings Barnes to just, he was given the lead. He did everything he was supposed to, but you made a great point, Mike. It's what are we supposed to take out of this one? I mean, I'm, I'm with Vashan and Shadi. I think Disarm is a great horse to take out of this because he was mid-pack and had to, you know, try and close into these extremely slow paces, uh, or pace that was set in this race. It's it's just tough. I mean, Jace's Road just kind of ran in place there. Shopper's Revenge was disappointing. I don't know. We, we really liked Instant Coffee. Poor dude doesn't have a shot. He's third to last, and they're going 24-7. We're going to get this uh, half-mile split here in just a second. Um or not? Did we just skip? Whoa, that's what no. they were talking yeah, about. The with replay gets funky here because of uh, what yeah. turf or fairgrounds did there. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks, fairgrounds. I had no idea that they had done that. Uh, fairgrounds, <laughs> uh, forty-nine point six. There it is, forty-nine and three for that second fraction. It's and then one fourteen and change. I think was what we had for the, yeah one four twenty-five seconds <laughs> on the backside. Like, how is any horse supposed to close into that? Mike? <clears throat> they can't. And then you see instant coffee try and make a move here, but he's got to do it four wide. Into a slow pace. I mean, just absolutely no chance. And yeah, Disarm, Shopper's Revenge backed up into Disarm. Just could not find a way through. Finally, right here, gets a little bit of room on the inside. Able to close some ground. It really was the only horse that closed any ground down the stretch. So I agree with the Disarm take. that. That's one that you got to at least keep an eye on here moving forward. But again, it's so hard to take too much out of this race. Because they went 114.69 for six furlongs in a Kentucky Derby prep. I mean, I, I don't have the stats. 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's one of the five slowest preps we've seen from a six furlong perspective in the last 20 years. I mean, this was crawling up front. I will give him credit. He came home in, in 18.2 uh, seconds, which if you divide that by three, because there's a 3 16th uh, mile finish here. Uh, he was doing sixes pretty much the way home. Uh, he looked good, but they also just let him walk. So it's 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 very difficult to take anything out of this race. Um, you know, here here is the brings up a great point. Regardless of this race, like how it played out with the uh, fractions and everything, he looks like a top prospect because from the competition standpoint, extra Nejo is still hurt. Loggins is still hurt. K-Rock, we don't know where the hell he is. Like we've got Forte. Uh, reincarnates the favorite in the Arkansas Derby. Like, did you ever think that was going to happen this year? No, it's just, no. Uh, there's little competition this year. Is Kings Barn still at least a top five prospect, despite your thoughts of this race specifically? He's right there. Um, he, he, so this, this is the, the uh, ranking a horse versus betting a horse conversation, right? I think if you rank yeah. them, yes, Kings Barn is probably a top five Derby contender right now. I think there is zero chance I will end up betting Kings Barn on Derby Day because, I look, I wasn't that impressed with his first race. He looked good in his second race at Tampa but beat absolutely nothing and then got to walk here. And so when you put him in a 20-horse field, he's not going to make the lead. I, I just – I cannot accept what I expect to be the odds here, which I think are – again, this is going to be a sub-10 to 1 horse in the Derby. Oh, I'm sure. not willing to swallow that price. Uh, last horse we'll talk about when we move on. Instant coffee off the board. But again, the, the pace was completely against him. Uh, I, Vinny made an amazing point, excellent point on the live show on Saturday. It reminds him a little bit of Mandaloon. You remember Mandaloon threw up that huge clunker <clears throat> in the Louisiana Derby? And you were a huge fan of him uh, in the Kentucky Derby. And, and it's too bad you didn't actually get paid out uh, the way you probably should have in that. But well, no, um, it's, it's fine. We had the super. Oh, wait, you had the super. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, you, you did okay. I guess I guess we're all we're sure. But uh, my, my question to you is, is this a case for like last year, like Vinny brought up? Is this a Mandaloon case where we just scratch this off for instant coffee? We're going to a lot better than three to two come Kentucky Derby day. You still interested in instant coffee? Uh, again, this goes back to the ranking versus betting. I wouldn't have instant coffee in my top five right now. I'm probably going to bet instant coffee on Derby day because out of this race, you're going to get 15 to one, 20 to one on the horse. And, and it, people are just so set on the last race. And, and this, this recency bias that you're going to see a horse that was sub two to one in this race who got the absolute screw job from a pace perspective is going to come back at close to 10 X that price in the Derby. Whereas the favorite in this race or the winner of this race is going to come back at a significantly shorter price. To me, instant coffee is the horse that you should be betting out of that. Um, and then, then we're going to talk about Turfway in a second, but if two fills is that good, instant coffee, isn't this bad, right? Yes. Perfect point. Yeah. Very great. And, and uh, before we move on, Heroes Image, I didn't even realize this. Uh, Instant Coffee and Man Moon, both sixth in the Louisiana Derby. So that is uh, it's a very interesting thing there. Um, Joe wants to ask you, Mike, uh, will the winner of the Derby pay more than $12 this year? No, because Forte is going to win by open lengths. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of starting to feel that way. All right, let's talk about the horse <laughs> that you just brought up. Two fills, uh, defeating Major Dude and Fantastic again in the Jeff Ruby Stakes. Uh, getting some 100, again, 100 Kentucky Derby points. Two fills, now your clubhouse leader in terms of Kentucky Derby points earned. Um, you know, forget the fact that he beat Fantastic again, who seemed like a turfway specialist. Uh, he beat Major Dude, and Major Dude did not run a bad race. Two fills just, this was a monster effort from him, Mike. 
he looked awesome. Never saved an ounce of ground either and was able to still roll right by down the lane. They didn't go particularly fast. I mean, there was a, a decent pace, an honest pace here, but not anything that, that really set up for him to come from off the pace. Uh, and, and he looked really good, really good winning this race. And again, this goes back to flattering the Louisiana horses that we saw run earlier in those races and specifically instant coffee. So I thought this was a hell of a performance. Two fields is another one where I, I'm interested to see what the price is because this horse is the opposite of sexy. There really isn't much interest in two fills when you look at him. I, he's, this is it's it's just it's it's the horse. Like I'm not going to get into some bad analogies here. He's not going to get bet, and he should there get bet because the, this is a good race. And again, it's turfway, so you kind of have to take a grain of salt. But we've seen him on dirt. It's not like this is a horse that we haven't seen excel on dirt as well. So I, I thought this was phenomenal from two fills. I'm going to be interested in this one, depending on what the price is. I think he's he is the most likely horse not named Forte to hit the board in the Kentucky Derby. I agree with that, and, and Vashon agrees with us as well. He says uh, two fills. Uh, he's glad two fills one out of everyone in the crop. He always brings his A plus game. He does. He always tries. His A plus game isn't as good as a bunch of other horses in this crop's A plus game, but they don't always bring it, and he does. Um, I want to give special credit to Jared Loveberry, the jockey. Um, he got such a great, he like right here, you can see he got the jump on major dude and Irad. That's not something that Irad doesn't get jumped on very quickly. And especially not away from Gulfstream by someone other than possibly his brother or Luis Saez. He got, he got beat here. And, and I don't know that major dude was winning if he ends up getting the lead and getting passed anyway, but, uh, two fills just so impressive. Um, a son of hard spun who always does very well on synthetic. I know that's an angle you like when you're playing Gulfstream synthetic track as well. Um, Major dude has enough points for the Kentucky Derby. Do you send him? Do you get Derby fever? Do you try and take him there? I'm, I'm kind of torn on what to do. I mean, Aaron, I asked Aaron that question on the show on, on uh, Dude Soup at Daily on Saturday. He says 100% you send him. I, I, I mean, look, the answer is probably yes. It's a Kentucky Derby horse, right? Todd Pletcher doesn't really need to send him. He's got three others that I would say are better contenders than Major Dude in that race. Um, but I would... I would be surprised if he doesn't go because he has the chance and he has an interesting style here where he can sit close to the pace and make a move. And if you look at the rest of the Pletcher horses, Forte and Tappet twice are a little further back. Kingsbarn wants the lead. This is kind of that other style. So I don't mind having that other style in here. Yeah, it's a uh... boy. Just, I keep watching this race back and going, God, fantastic. Again, I had so much faith in you. I had so much hope for you. It didn't work out good for um, a while it... here. He did. He did. And there, I wish there was an excuse like uh, our other horse that we'll talk about in a minute here. I wish there was an excuse like he had. Um, he looked good. He just got beat. He, he wasn't that that uh, same level there. Listen, if you're major dude, if you're a spendthrift farm, I'd send him. How often do you get a horse that actually can go to the Kentucky Derby? Like they were part of that massive group that had authentic, but that was a massive group that they were a part of there. Here, I don't know that you're going to necessarily. I mean, they're not getting a lot of Kentucky Derby winners um out of this in the spendthrift silk so i get it they've also i believe they have go rocket ride as well over on the west coast so uh you know they want to see their silks in there their breeding operation they want their silks in the kentucky derby uh and to do well but there's also the was it the american turf american turf derby something like that uh that's on the the kentucky derby undercard it's a three-year-old restricted turf stakes route grade two i don't know i think it's a matter of like do you have derby fever or do you want to win a race because i don't know that you're winning you're not winning the derby with major dude I'm a little worried about running him on the dirt, what that might back on the dirt, what that might do to him if it screws him up a little bit. 
I'm leaning to run him on the turf. But if I'm the owner, if I'm specifically the owner, I'm going, well, we're going to the Derby because how often am I going to the Kentucky Derby? I'm like, that's kind of the, the big excuse there. And Major Dude also ran on dirt early in his career as well. He so did, it's not right. like it's it's not like this was a oh this is a turf force this is a turf force no they they tried dirt first they think there is some talent there so I, I would be surprised if they don't send him. All right, let's talk about the oh by the way huge buyer for two fills in this race one hundred one the highest yeah one hundred one uh, highest of the three year old males uh, from this weekend but that's a big there's a big asterisk there on the males part but let's uh, keep with the males one last race Sunday Sunland Park Derby. God, I want to, I hate Bob Baffert. I don't know if I've hated Baffert more. Well, I have, but it, it, it's been a while since I've hated Bob Baffert <laughs> this much. He sends the six out here. Uh, the horse is going to press our boy, Henry Q, who's the four on the inside. And all that does is just, they're going to go sub 21, according to Sunland. Sure, uh, and then hard to figure is going to completely quit about halfway around the racetrack. And then poor Henry Q gets swallowed up. <sighs> is there anything to take from this race, Mike? Yes. Do not bet any of these horses in the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> Wild on Ice might be a shorter price in the Derby than he was today in the Sunland Derby. Don't touch him. Don't even think about it. Just pass. Really cool story, though. Love. like it, It's uh, like Ken Tophill, I think it is. 64-year-old Ken jockey Tophill, yep. wins his first graded stakes at yep. 64. I love that. So that, that that's what we should take away from this, that it was awesome and that it helped people cash a $23,000 cross-country pick five as well. So good on you, Andrew. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, from a derby perspective, no, just just don't bet anyone from this race and move along. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, I don't even know who's. I mean, Henry Q didn't get enough points to go. There's only 50 points to the winner. Heart a Wild on Ice, not even a uh, Kentucky Derby or Triple Crown nominee. He is a Texas homebred that showed up here at 35 to one. You nailed what I thought was the best part of this. Really, is that Ken Tohill has, has been a mainstay in the Southwest Circuit. For bye bye, hard to figure. Uh, for for decades, and the guys had thirty thousand seven hundred and sixty some mounts, and he finally gets his first graded stakes win, and it's in the Sunland Derby with this horse. And he was, I mean, and he, Ken never took his head up either. Like they were way past the wire on the gallop, and he still had his head down. He was like, "Is this real? Did I really just do this? Is this, this just, just happening? <laughs> yeah, did this just happen? Yeah." But um, yeah, not not much to take out of this one. If any of them show up. I really wanted it to be t trainer Todd Fincher with Henry Q. The guys had so many decent horses, good enough horses to go to the Kentucky Derby. It just never makes it there. <laughs> but, oh, well. And, and as Bashan says, look at those final times. They went uh, 27 from seconds from the three-quarter to the mile, 13 and a half seconds from the mile to the eighth pole. Or to, yeah, mile to mile and the eighth there. Uh, they were definitely begging for the line. Can we even believe any of those numbers, though? A 20.58 for the opening quarter. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't trust the watch. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. Um, shoddy, uh, don't you dare. No, that, that's worse than the Rich Strike stuff. Get out of here with that. Uh, she does make a good point, though. Uh, one in Vermillion, the five horse um, who won the Riley Allison Derby two races back, kind of the pre-prep for this race. Uh, very unfortunate situation where he reared up in the gate, actually climbed over the top of the gate with his front legs a little bit, banged his head around, banged the jockey around a lot. They decided to run him, and he was way off the board, never in contention. And nothing really to be said other than that really sucks. It sucked to watch it happen. It sucked to see it happen, and then for them to just go out there and race. I get it's a $600,000 purse. It's a grade for your race, but come on, people. <laughs> Help us out a little bit here. You would think in your biggest race of the year, you'd be a little more... Uh, conscious of what what's going on than that. I mean, just just wild that they didn't even back him out, look at him. It just just crazy situation. 
not a good job by Sunland Park here. <laughs> uh, all right. And Andrew says, first time ever bet Sunland Park, and you came out 23K richer. Well, you're probably going to be back at Sunland Park. <laughs> You 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 could be a very big fish in a small pond at Southern Park with twenty three grand. <laughs> All right, let's go back to fairgrounds. We're going to talk about the fairgrounds oaks, a race that traditionally produces some strong Kentucky oaks uh, contenders, if not winners. He- Boy, did not see this coming. Neither of us did. Tip of the cap to Doctor Marina. This was her top pick at RacingDudes.com and YouTube.com/slash/RacingDudes. South Lawn, last of five into the first turn, she gets the job done. Mike, what do you think? I was wrong. Who's your Philly is not yep. good. There's no excuse here. Like this is this is one of those races you watch it and you're like, who's your Philly probably should have won by 10 if she was a good horse. And she just didn't. Uh, so we can we can close the book on who's your Philly. Honestly, I don't know what to do with the Oaks this year. As as odd as the Derby is, this Oaks field is a mess, man. Like, I'm not sure who's good. We're going to talk about botanical in a second. Maybe he's your favorite now. Is Botanical the best Philly? Like, it, so yeah, I have no clue what to make of this. I thought this was a good performance by Southlawn. Looked very nice down the lane. I, I liked how she opened up and was able to close. The, the pace was honest again, and she was able to sit relatively close so we can see their fourth on the inside and make a nice move down the stretch. Uh, pretty much anyone you make a case for, I would go, yeah, okay, that's reasonable. I mean, like at this point, it, it's just a massive an Oaks field. I feel like we see this every year. Oaks is a mess. I don't know. We're a month, we're a month and, less than a month and a half out. I don't know what the hell's going on in this race. Uh, Botanical's still going to be my top pick, and we talk about her in a second. But uh, look at – here's what's crazy to me is South Lawn. Let's back this up just a second here. They're going to the uh, – coming out of the far turn. She's splitting horses, and it looks like she might go to the rail. And Raylu rail? Rail opening? Maybe? Nope. Okay, now we're going to come out. And then as soon as she tipped out, I mean, that she just kind of exploded. Really uh, runs down pretty mischievous. Uh, your girl, who's your Philly? Are you ready to give up on her? Oh yeah. Yeah. We're done with who's your Philly. And yes, Shadi, I did say to use the one as well. That was my other horse. If you're going to go too deep. So at least we got there. If you decide to go too deep, although on my ticket, I forgot about that. I, I did not go too deep. Uh, and the money's gold money's gold is supposedly going to the eight bells, not going to the Oaks. So, uh, she would not be your Oaks favorite if she doesn't run in the race. Yeah, well, we'll, don't worry. We'll talk about Money's Gold in a minute, but she uh, she's never run in an Oaks prep, and it's hard to make the Kentucky Oaks gate with zero points. So she's not going to the Kentucky Oaks. Um, I yeah, I I just can't. Who's your Philly? Like Aaron asked, like is it should Vinny asked if she should go back to one turn, and and Aaron said should she just retire? (laughs) Like at this point, I think you try her at one turn. But she's really starting to give off the glimpses of a Philly that was super good at two, really loaded, going into a three-year-old season. And then everybody took steps forward, and she somehow took a step backward. Yeah. Uh, I would say give her a break, but she just had one, so I'm not really sure what you do here, right? Because, again, this is not a bunch of world beaters here. You know what I mean? And <laughs> she's not even close. Like, it's, it's just it, this is a, a, a mind-boggling, no-excuse performance. You got to either take her to the farm, give her a couple miles off. You you need to drop her in class no matter what. Um, but it, it it's tough when you see this because she looked like a superstar and she's not. Yeah. Curtis Manlow says someone bet like 50K on Hoosier Philly to show. Well, that's why you don't do that. Like, did nobody learn from Arrogate and the San Diego Handicap? You don't, if Arrogate can lose a San Diego handicap, any horse can lose any race. Here's point. the thing though. If you picked a horse in this race to do that, wouldn't it, wouldn't it have been pretty mischievous? Not who's your Philly? Because there, there's a world where who's your Philly runs fifth year much more often than yeah. pretty mischievous, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, bad, pretty, bad bet pretty, by you, whoever put 50 grand on who's your Philly. <laughs> well, and, and not only that, who's your Philly was one to five, two to five until they broke. And then suddenly it went, holy shit, look at all the hot money on Pretty Mischievous. And at that point, I kind of thought Pretty Mischievous was winning this race. When I saw all that late money and then how she was looking and she had the lead off the turn, I was like, all right, there she goes. I, I was between the three and the four, should have used the three. No, it didn't matter. Um, let's move on. Bourbonnet Oaks now at Turfway Park. This was a major prep race for the Kentucky Oaks. <laughs> Margo brings up a great point. Callback, by the way. Learn from Fezzik, who bet on Purdue to win. That's that you learn a lot uh, from Steve Fezzik there. Uh, Botanical, not wearing the LNJ Foxwood silks, which threw me off. It took me a few seconds to figure out which Philly she was. Uh, the number five on the lead. Uh, that's all you need to know. She's the Philly that's leading every step of the way. Even money favorite looked fantastic. The big question: Can she handle dirt, Mike? We'll find out. I mean. Yeah. Uh, we're going to find out at a short price too. <laughs> like she, she's going to she's going to be one of the favorites loading into the Oaks Gate. Um, probably deserves to be. I mean, has improved four straight races now. Won four straight races at uh, at Turfway over that synthetic. Looked very good doing so. Has gone gate to wire. Has come from off the pace. Has shown the tactical ability to sit and stalk. And so she's she looks good. But man, I, like how short is too short when you haven't really done it on the dirt yet? That's going to be the question. And that was going to be my question for you is what is a logic? And it's, you probably can't answer it because we still don't have the fields drawn, know where she's at, see what the other speed is, et cetera, et cetera. But what price is too short to, or what is, I guess, your, your cutoff line right now? If you were going to play here in the Kentucky Oaks, what's the price where you're like, I will not go below this point? I, I can't, I can't have one right now. But just because I don't know enough about the field, who's going to be there. And because of how inconsistent and unpredictable this Philly group has been, it's hard to say, okay, definitely can't play her at sub seven to two, right? Sub three to one. My guess is that's right around where she's going to be, is that you're going to see somewhere between three to one and four to one on her when she's walking into the gate. And that's, if she's lone speed, that's one thing. If there's pressure in there, then it's okay. We got to decide, can she stalk and pounce on the dirt like she has been able to on the synthetic? And then that, that becomes a question. She probably is making my pick five ticket though. I mean, it, that she seems like she has the talent to be the best in this crop. Obviously, Wonder Wheel, also one that, that we're going to see here at some point. I, but this is just, this. like I said, this Oaks is a mess right now. This is one of, like, going into the final stages of the qualifying here, you don't really have that horse. And you don't even really have like a top five that is that is set in stone. I mean, it's pretty murky right now. I think that uh, botanically you want to take out of this race. Watch what they do with Flashy Gem. She's an interesting one, too. She held her own pretty well with Botanical here. If you think about it, you got a 24 and a half, 48 and a half for the opening fractions. No pressure. A very easy lead. She didn't pull away from Flashy Gem that hard. Not like she did with, with Silver Bullet. Uh, your your friend Silver Bullet, who uh, a stakes winner on turf, showed up here and just watch. Or they're coming off the turn right here and watch how these front two just completely pull away from her. I, flashy gem any interest if she goes to the oaks uh maybe i mean because I, <laughs> I i agree with you that she ran really well here chased uh botanical all the way home she mm -hmm. needs a little more pace to chase it looks like so that that she can get by the horses that are in front of her and i think she'll probably get that in the oaks this is one of those situations where we might also when you look at the board they were even money in three to one today you might have a situation where botanicals three to one and flashy gem is 22 to one. Right. And then flashy gem gets a lot more attractive. 
Yeah, and that, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Both of these fillies, by the way, they've never uh, never touched dirt, flashy gem, and, and botanical. Both debuted on turf and, and got started uh, that route before they found synthetic. But flashy gem, first of all, you had John Velasquez come into town and pick up the mount honor uh, for Brad Cox, a great uh, mount pickup for him. But also, she's by Bolt Dioro. She's out of a smart strike mare who's got an AP indie influence very closely related as well. So kind of like with botanical you say theoretically should be able to handle the dirt breeding says it shouldn't necessarily be a big question mark but you're never going to find out but i love that last point you made mike when they get to the oaks you're going to see a case where it's a short price on one and a big price on the other it's going to be really hard for me to ignore flashy gem if she's a big price she really impressed me here yep and i I mean, I don't hate playing that exacta in the Oaks, right? And we've seen it so many times where, they, where you have yeah. a, a race, just a horses run one, two, and then they go into a new race. And they guess what? This ends up being the best race out of them. And they run one, two back in the exact same order. And, and you can get a nice price on that exacta. Uh, we've got, uh, let's see, rain on Friday and hot, a hot spring. So we'll, we'll see what that uh, ends up affecting wet paint if she ends up uh, running on slop or fast track. She right now, I think, is the clubhouse leader for the Oaks. Um, I think if they had the Oaks, she'd be your favorite botanical, maybe your second or third choice there. But all right, we got one more Oaks race to talk about. Let's get it out of the way. This was, <laughs> oh boy, Sunland Park Oaks. We're going to have one Philly come out of this race, go to the Kentucky Oaks. And actually, I you know what? I shouldn't knock this because Hero, I know that you said this, uh, the winner of this race, Flying Connection, the four horse, I'm sorry, the one horse, uh, pretty much led every step of the way. And Hero's got a nice future wager. Um, if you feel like sharing, you don't have to, but if you feel like sharing, tell us what kind of odds you got on her. Cause I'm curious, uh, what she ended up going off at. Mike, is there anything to take from this race other than we have some pace influence coming to the Kentucky Oaks? Um, look, I'm not going to completely discard flying connection. I, I agree. This is definitely pace influence, but if she goes 22.89, she's making the lead, right? I, and that, that matters in the Oaks, especially when you don't have a field, the world beater. So, I wouldn't completely chuck flying connection here. I, this race, I think, is more valid than what we saw from the Sunland Park Derby. This the flying connection could matter in that race. Well, actually, let me train. Flying connection will matter <laughs> from a pace perspective and could yes. matter at the end. I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if flying connection ends up hitting the board just because of the pace influence. That's a great point. Uh, she'll hit the board, be a threat to hit the board. She'll be right. It always seems like when you've got a, a top Philly, like say. For example, Neko Zulu. So she got, man, she got speed. Just don't screw up the speed scenario she has. Well, she got a little screwed up, and she there's a cheap horse that'll come out there, maybe from a Sunland Park that just goes up there and completely ruins the pace perspective, kind of like we saw in the Sunland Park Derby. And then the horse that should have won ends up falling off, or that was looking good falls apart there. Maybe flying connections at Philly, maybe not. Maybe she's got what it takes uh, to get done. Uh, Vashon is great. The Oak seems like you have to go five deep in the pick five. Man, I feel like that every year, Mike. Maybe not the Echo Zulu year. We we're pretty confident in that tier, but um, uh, yeah, I don't know. The Oak seems like you got to go pretty deep this year. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like a race where it might not be a terrible idea singling, to be honest. I mean, because if you if you want to make that pick Separate five yourself. pay, yeah, if you want to make that pick five pay, you have to beat Forte. So you're going to have to go deep in the Derby, and, and the turf races usually are pretty difficult in that sequence. The Oaks feels like one of those races where you can say, okay, I believe in botanical, I believe in wet paint, I, you know, and just just pick your horse have an opinion and try and single there so that you can spread against Forte. Cause you're going to have to beat Forte if you want this thing to pay. Right. And then it gives you a little room to maneuver in those turf races. Well, if you want to make money with Forte, do what hero did in the last future wager, a uh, double wager with Forte 
Seven K seven and a half thousand is what Hero wins if uh Flying Connection wins the Kentucky Oaks. Another 30k for the double. So I guess what I'm trying to say is if I can't win with my bets on Oaks and Derby Day, Hero, I'm rooting for you. That's that's pretty awesome. That's uh if that works out for you, congratulations. That'll be a big payday. All right, Mike. One last race to talk about. The biggest buyer for three-year-olds of the entire weekend belongs to Money's Gold, a filly who's not even going to Kentucky Oaks because she doesn't have enough points. This is a Florida-bred uh, uh, Florida Sire Stakes at Tampa Bay Downs, uh, 115K or so in the purse. Money's Gold not only wins this, wins it easily, wins it without trying. She set a track record without trying. Like this was, uh, I saw somebody comment on our YouTube channel too about this race. One of the best races from a three-year-old I've seen all year, easily. She looked phenomenal. <clears throat> I mean, just phenomenal. And, and kind of token pace pressure here, but never gets asked. Just cruising. And and this is racehorse time. I mean, it's not like she came from off the pace with a slow pace. It's not, no, or a fast pace. She pretty much just ran and did a 120 for seven furlongs, broke the track record. I, this was a phenomenal race from her. She looks like a superstar sprinter. Yeah, I mean, you see the five was up there challenging, pressing, actually had her head in front. And watch the five just could steadily just drop out. It's like, no, no, no. We were so glad the two, it, it just never even, never even moves the border. It's it was chilly, such a great man. race. Uh, the, the jock is just chilly around the turn as she's opening up. And, and then, like, it wins by what? 17, oh. 18 lengths here? And it gets a couple taps, just a reminder, but never really gets out of fourth gear, as uh, Truth Exposed said there about Kingsbarn. She never gets into high gear here. She is just cruising down the lane in 21, 44, 108, 120. New track record just looks phenomenal. So good. So good. I mean, I'm going to go back and play this stretch run, too, because when she comes off the turn, because this is when she really turns on the jets. Everyone is like under a drive and go, go, go. And why she's like, OK, OK, bye. <laughs> off, off she goes <laughs> uh, all right so she's going to be targeting the eight bells she doesn't have enough points for the kentucky oaks uh, but the, the eight bells is a uh, seven for a long race on the kentucky oaks undercard uh, there's what is this she the easiest single of a kentucky oaks day right now like is there any question that she could get beat uh i mean it's horse racing so <laughs> she can get beat That's but true. Uh, didn't man. i just say that earlier today about arrogate in san diego sorry <laughs> yep yep you did uh but this is the most impressive performance we've seen from a three-year-old period end of story so far this year male or female and so it's going to be tough to fathom in a world where she's not two to five in the eight bells yeah easily two to five one to five uh a lot of people are gonna be looking at this as a free square so Hey, if you're like Mike or you try to be uh, contradictory to what the public opinion is, make some money. This is a feel you want to take some shots against, but oof, just do so at your uh, at your own risk. Um, <laughs> kind of like Golden Pal a little bit there. Uh, she's only okay. So she's had three starts. This was a Florida bread stakes race. She didn't beat anybody in this spot, but it's it just the way she looks. It, it's hard to say not for you know not, to not just want to play her and bury her. Uh, or hammer her, I should say. Uh, feels a lot like Gamin Heroes of Me. She says, yeah, that's a good comparison as well. Um, all right, Kentucky Oaks, top pick. Who you got right now? <laughs> I mean, I, I probably Botanical. Maybe Wet Paint. Yeah. I mean, and they're the two, they're the most likely going to be two shortest prices. So, I mean, I don't know, man. But it, it it is not a race I'm looking forward to handicapping based on what we've seen from these different preps because I'm not sure which prep has been the best. 
which is also pretty frustrating is that you're not really sure. Okay. The Louisiana circuit's great or Oakland circuit's great. Or I like right now it is just the Oaks is a, a minefield of disasters. I know Chris Manley, you brought this up earlier, really likes and tell me no lies. The Peter Miller runner who's out in California. will see her not this coming weekend, but the following weekend in the San Anita Oaks and see what she can do. But a multiple grade stakes winner, a grade one winner going two turns. Um, and, and Curtis Manlow singled and tell me no lies to a bunch of derby horses. That's a one you'll, you'll get paid really well if that one comes out too. Um, the, with the scenario wise, but Andrew Clausen feeling like wet paint. I, I want wet paint to romp at Oakland and I, I like wet paint. I want to play against her at the Oaks. I think that there are too many reasons why, like too many warning signs with her running style and how far back she gets and that she's only done well on slop. I'm really nervous about wet paint. So I'm trying to take a shot against her. I'm with you. I'll probably put botanical on top right now. Uh, but yeah, like Archie says, it's a matter of if wet paint can handle the dry track or not. And who knows when we get to find that out. Maybe we find that out this weekend. Maybe we don't find out till the Oaks. Hell, maybe it rains on Oaks Day. We don't know. Weathermen don't know. It could have rain on that day too. So uh, Wonder Wheel for Vashon. Six to one. Does that seem likely? I would say it's probably a little shorter. Um, I, I think you're going to essentially have three to four co-favorites all between five to two and four to one in that range. And so I, I think that Wonder Wheel probably is in that group, maybe seven to two, four to one, five to one, somewhere around there. Um, I, I think six to one might be a little bit high just because she does have multiple races that, that would be competitive and or win the Oaks. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I. We got through eight races, wow, in, in about 40 minutes. That's pretty good. And, and with all the technical difficulties on top of that, we did a pretty good job so up. far uh, today. Um, Marco brought up a question here uh, just now. Uh, did we touch on this? Uh, I think he meant the UAE Derby with that Japanese horse that came flying down the stretch to win. Is he eligible? Oh, wait, no, Saudi Cup. Who won the Saudi Cup? I don't even remember that. Who uh, was that? You there? Uh oh, I think I lost my 13 horses. All happy about it. Well, there you go. Uh, oh, man. You came, you came back and it just it all came out in like two seconds. What'd you say? No, oh, it was the Ushupaturburu. I think this is this is, this is going to be the trouble part. Uh, yeah, Ushpa Tesoro. That's who it is. Ushpa Tesoro. And it, I thought it was a phenomenal effort, too. You never see horses close like that there and just looked awesome. He's older, so not eligible for the Derby. Um, but looked awesome. Oh, I'm looking. I'm thinking about a different race. I'm sorry, Magic, you're muted. Sorry, you were thinking Dubai World Cup. It's Commissioner yes. King. Uh, a few of you got it there. Thank you in the chat. Uh, is he eligible? Uh, he's eligible, but he, there were not. That wasn't worth any points. The Saudi Cup, so he won't be able to make it. Um, third in that race, though, was Dermasotagaki, and he was coming flying. And I know there were a few people who. That's why they played Dermasotagaki in the UAE Derby. Um, one quick note, I will mention that the, the Dura Arade or what the second place horse in the UAE Derby, uh, his connections were very high on his chances. It was his first start since December. They expected him to get to the lead. So, uh, maybe the pace scenario in the Kentucky Derby, maybe it's just two Japanese horses burn each other out. I, I don't know. Forte sits right behind him in third or fourth ready to jump. Maybe that's what we have, Mike. Never seen it before. Oh, wait, last year. <laughs> over at racingnews.com we've got preview previews we have the replays for all of the races we just talked about and watched so if you're watching or listening on podcasts or you want to just go back and watch the races some more go check it out youtube.com slash racing dudes and uh remember we've also got the power play of the day aaron's best bet for the uh everything that's happening in horse racing um all of the podcasts all the different shows 
We got lots of uh, NCAA tournament coverage coming up later this week, too. Uh, Dudes Who Bet Daily will be every Wednesday through Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, before we get out of here, Mike, what are you thinking about the college basketball tournament and who, with four teams left, is your pick to win it all? Uh, I mean, it's it was a mess, man. Just upsets after upsets. Interesting call there at the end of the SDSU Creighton game. After they don't call it all game, they call it there, which I, I thought was uh, yeah, a little ticky-tack. But uh, it also was a foul, so you can't really say it wasn't a foul. It's just they had not consistently called that a foul, which was a little, uh, little off-putting there. I, I mean... Uh, I think it's FAU. I think it's UConn. Um, I, UConn looks so good. I mean, they just, they've just looked so good through four games and dismantled good teams while doing so. So it's hard to go against UConn right now. And it doesn't, it's not like there's that other team that's really been playing out of their mind. I mean, you look back at FAU, they struggled against Memphis. SDSU has seemed to just, just hold on <laughs> pretty much every round, never really blown anybody out. Uh, I would have been interested in Texas, but Texas goes down to Miami. Miami-UConn probably is the title game. I mean, Miami's three-guard offense, Jim Laranega have been awesome so far. So we'll see what happens in that game. But I think FAU and UConn move on, and I, I would I would lean UConn. I was reading the story uh, earlier this morning about FAU's coach, Dusty May. Uh, apparently, right after he signed the contract five years ago to be their head coach, he was like, oh, that was the worst mistake of my life. And he was crying and upset and he wanted to back out and he thought his career suicide. I think it worked out okay for him. You're in the final four with a nine seed. I'm going to go give me the double fives. Give me Miami. Give me San Diego State. There are, by the way, I was closer to San Diego yesterday. So many San Diego State flags on cars all of a sudden. I was like, I didn't realize there were that. I mean, I know San Diego's right here. I didn't know that many people actually admitted to being San Diego State fans. But hey, they're here. They're out and about in California. So when you get back into. Uh, from Las Vegas, I'm sure you'll see them all over the place, too. Yeah, the more San Diego State fans coming out of the woodwork. I'm like, you can't all have possibly gone to that school. I mean, it's not that big. There's no way that everyone went to San Diego State. I do know a couple grads. I know that they had a very good time uh, yesterday watching those games. So good for them. And uh, it, that game is going to be a rock fight, man. San Diego FAU is going to be <laughs> one of those just grinded out games. Uh, if San Diego State can play, can can play the defense that they have been, FAU could be in trouble. But that that one is uh, to me less interesting than the Miami UConn game. All right, Mike. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Kentucky Derby prep races, official derby prep races left. We'll scratch that down to five because one of them is uh, from Europe and one of them is the Lexington, which only awards twenty points anyway. Um, but we've got two this weekend with the Gulfstream Park hosting the Florida Derby. Oakland has the Arkansas Derby. You know what? I shouldn't skip over the Cardinal Stakes over in Europe because supposedly whoever wins, there are like four or five different connections that all want to come to the Kentucky Derby that are entered in the Cardinal Stakes uh, in Europe. So whoever wins that race will have enough points, and so we'll have a European represent. So we're going to have three Japanese horses and a European. We're only getting 16 American horses in the Kentucky Derby this year. Mike, what are, what are they doing to our race? I'm kidding. Totally kidding. We don't have 16 horses that deserve to be in the gate, so I'm fine with it. That's a great point. <laughs> that is a that is a perfect point. We don't have the horses that deserve it, uh, at least not 16 of them. So, yeah, no, bring it on. It'd be great to see. Um, lots of people love to bet them, and, and it's great for the sport if we can get the international flavor going. But just don't screw up Epicenter again, please. That's all I ask. Uh, make sure you tune in on Thursday. We'll be back to preview probably Gulfstream, right? Where the Gulfstream's got the Florida Derby Day. I think there are nine stakes that day. Yeah. Something ridiculous. So Loaded card. We'll be back for Gulfstream Park, but the entries are out for that and for Oakland. So go and uh, I'm sorry, Oakland's not out yet. It'll be out later today. So 
maybe by the time you're hearing this throughout. But go check those out. We'll be back on Thursday at 5 Eastern, our normal time, 2 Pacific, to preview the Florida Derby card. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining me from Vegas. I know you got a big, uh, big show coming up here in a little bit, and you got a lot more uh, craps playing to go get to as well. So I'll let you off. But thank you so much for joining us for this show. Uh, you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellowart. He is at Summerbomb18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. Don't miss Dudes Who Bet Sports with Aaron and Papa Dude talking about the NCAA basketball as well. Until Wednesday for Dudes Who Bet Daily, when you can see Mike, Papa Dude, Aaron, and I, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week. Safe trip back from Vegas. I know it's a long ways for you to go and, and a very perilous journey. So good luck yeah, to you, Mike. Rough life. <laughs> See you, Mike. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDunes.com.